0: Hey, Brian Hubbard here, pastor at Rockhouse Baptist Church. I want to personally thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We pray that the message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to be the person God wants you to be. Be sure to check us out online at rockhousebaptist.org where you can find out more on how to connect, grow, and go. Now for today's message. Our title for our sermon this morning is that love never fails. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Now I know most of you are going to say, oh Lord, I hear this at all the weddings. It goes much deeper than just that. But what does a wedding actually mean? That two become one. Christ talks about being the bridegroom and coming back for his bride. Who's he talking about? He's talking about us, the church, having our heart right with him. The Lord wants to come back and receive you. It says the gospel's got to reach the ends of the earth first. I want on my uh, crown and my jewels, as we talk about for my crown, that I was a, a helper of that. I want the Lord to come and receive everybody. I don't want anybody die lost. Me and Brother Omis Shepherd was talking just a moment ago. That should be our biggest prayer. It's the biggest prayer. He come to seek and save that which was lost. Amen. This morning, since we're talking about love never fails, I think love begins with our prayer life. And I have a little um, post-it note this morning. Um, thank you to Cash Express. But below it is. Some names that we need to remember and lift up in prayer. Not because it's an obligation, although it should be, but because we love them. We should love people. I'm going to name these names off and you think about them and you remember them in your prayer life. And I'm sure there's others to be mentioned, but this was just uh, slid to me a moment ago. Ruth and J.R. Wells. Miss Mary Coots, James and Vicki Boggs. Drusilla Rice. And I see Miss Becky's name on here, but guess who I see in the crowd this morning? Amen. Amen. Yes. Miss <laughs> Gail, Miss Gail Shell, Miss Rosemary, Cornelius, and e- Eileen. I think I'm saying that right. Eileen. Okay, yeah. Some of those old-time names and this new pronunciation we're teaching in school, they just don't go together sometimes. But we'll work on that. Um, Don't forget them. Just because they're not here doesn't mean we're not thinking about them and praying about them, right? If I was to miss one Sunday, I'd hope you'd look around and say, well, Pastor Brian, he should have been up there, but uh, I really missed him. I'm thinking about him. I hope all is okay this morning. Well, let's dive into the scripture this morning. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, title is Love Never Fails. And it's actually from your scripture, one of your verses that we'll get to in just a second. But let's do some background work. Some contextual work. In chapter 12, Paul is talking all about spiritual gifts and how everyone who believes in the Lord, God has given them a gift to use to grow His kingdom. Amen? And Paul ends uh, chapter 12 with verse 31, and it reads as such, because some Bibles carry it over into chapter 13. But Paul says this, But desire the greater gifts, Now, remember, he's just talked about spiritual gifts. We'll get into those a little bit, and you will in your readings this week. He says, but I'll show you an even better way to live. What Paul is doing is he's setting the stage for what he's about to give the Corinthians. Because if you've been through the study with us and you've been doing your daily readings and whatnot, you'll know that, we've talked about this, the Corinthians had it all. But yet, they didn't have anything because they didn't follow Jesus the way God would want them to. They didn't have the love in their hearts for their brothers or their sisters. So Paul is saying, look, desire these gifts, but there's actually an even better way to live. You use your gifts because of one four-letter word, (laughs) L-O-V-E. That's why we use our gifts, not to bring glory to ourselves, but to bring glory to God. So let's jump into verses 1 through 3. We're going to kind of break this up instead of reading the whole chapter uh, at once. We're going to uh, look at verse 1, 2, and 3. But before we do, let's go to the Lord in prayer, please. Heavenly Father, I pray that your word not return void. God, I pray that hearts are pierced this morning. Lord, that at the end of this service, they don't see nothing else but what's at the foot of the cross. And that was Jesus' blood that dripped down upon us to wash us clean, Father. Lord, I thank you for your love and your mercy. Lord, I thank you for every servant that you sent before me and the ones you're going to send after me. Father, anoint this service this morning with your Holy Spirit. Let it run rampant through the bodies here. More importantly, Lord, as it runs rampant through us, let us take your spirit this week, as Brother Kyle said, and tell three. Why stop at three? Let's tell a whole bunch. May the glory of God be presented in us. When they look at us, may they see Jesus. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Verse 1 says, Paul writing to the Corinthians, Okay, If I speak human or angelic tongues, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so that I can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give away all my possessions, and if I give over my body in order to boast, but do not have love, guess what? I gain nothing. Hmm. First point this morning. Without love, I am nothing. Again, Paul talks in chapter 12 about all these gifts. But he says there's something that masks these gifts that I've blessed you with. This something that we're talking about is love. And think about what love done for you. Why are we sitting here? One reason, folks. I ain't going to give you a chance to answer. Glad you asked. But I'm going to answer for you. God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. Amen. That whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's why we're sitting here, is because God's love for you. Look around you. God loves everybody. I know uh, I love my daughters, and I love my wife, and my mother, and my in-laws, and my church folks, but I can't love you the way God loves you. Remember that. I can try, but God literally gave his life for you. Think of it as that, okay? Now, Paul says that no matter what gifts we have, if we'll show love, it surpasses all. There's nothing we can have spiritually or give physically, that means more than showing someone love. Paul talks in Galatians chapter 5 about the fruits of the Spirit. We talk about these a lot. And I hope that our church... Let me pause for a minute. I know our church has got it. You know why? We've got people traveling across the country to get food boxes. Not because they're going to be on Fox News or anything. But because... When they see people lined up out here and they can't get in and people's running boxes to the cars and people's over here crying because they can't believe what God's doing at this very moment. All because of one word, love. Remember that this morning. So Paul says the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If I'm going too fast for you this morning, tell me to slow down. I feel like the Spirit's all over this place. Amen. Here you go, chapter 12. This is what Paul says, though. All those fruits of the Spirit, verses 4, 5, and 11, they're not going to be up there, so just hang with me. Paul says, now, there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. Now, the same Spirit activates all these, distributing to each person as God wills. So remember, what we do is for the Lord. And as I love the song, we're going to sing it, and nothing else. Nothing else but you. I just want you. Amen. This morning, as we sit here and we think about all the good that we can do, please remind yourself it's because God loved you. Don't ever think of anything else besides what God has given you. You pour out on somebody else. I love the illustration of a cup. We're a cup, a vessel that God pours into. Now, when we start overflowing... Do we just stand there and let it overflow? I hope not. God has blessed you. If you're here this morning, your cup is going to be full. If you will hit your knees every night and hit your knees every morning. And throughout the day, you'll pray and say, Lord, just like the song says, bless me so I can bless others. Amen? Now, God doesn't expect us to have all these gifts that he talks about in chapter 12 that you're going to read. And there's a ton of gifts. I was going to read all the scripture this morning. Uh, decided not to, I'm going to challenge you to read chapter 12 this week of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul talks about the diversity of the gifts. Now, here's what God wants us to do. To walk in the pathway of love. Amen? There's nothing else. He desires for His fruit to grow in our hearts. Well, how does it grow in our hearts? Through love. Paul says that these spiritual gifts, they do matter. But again, if we don't have love, we have nothing. God gives us gifts. Why does God give you gifts? Think about it. To build up others. To build up the church. To build up its body. He tells us don't think that the pinky isn't as important as the eye. And you, when you start diving in scripture, every little piece matters. i tell you how important it is. When Paul was in prison, he wrote the letter of Philippians. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 4 says this. What a powerful message for our society today. Imagine if somebody gets up on a debate stage and opens a debate like this, whether it be political debate or whether it be any kind of disagreement. That's what kind of a debate means. I think this, you think that, and we're going to work it out most of the time, right? Verse 3 says this in Philippians 2. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, consider others as more important than yourselves. Hmm. For everyone should look not to his own interests, but rather to the interests of others. Folks, when God assigns a person on our heart, when he assigns us a gift, you better go. If you miss that opportunity, that opportunity becomes valueless. Or somebody else is going to pick up that opportunity, and they're going to receive the blessing from it. Amen. True love for a brother or sister in Christ, though, let me slow down a little bit and you hear this, is an outward expression. What do you mean? Hmm. Pray for him. Yes. Anybody ever heard the saying, actions speak louder than words? I can look at Brother Fouts here. I can look at Jagger over there and say, Buddy, I'm praying for you. I'll, uh, I'll be thinking of you on Tuesday." But if I don't send him a message or, or I don't make a stop some way in my day and reach out to that person, my actions are going to speak louder than my words. St. Augustine said this about true love and what it looks like. He says, what does love look like? Love has hands to help others. It has the feet to hasten to the poor and needy. It has eyes to see misery and want. It has ears to hear the sighs and sorrow of men. That's what love looks like. Our love towards others is a clear example, folks, of the love of Christ. Amen. Christian actually means what? Little Christ. That's what you are. If you call yourself a Christian, you are a little Christ. Paul talks about the love that God showed. Maybe my second favorite verse in the Bible. So, Lord, thank you for this. Amen. The other one talks about the same thing. So, hear this out in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. This is a clear example of how God loves you. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says this. But God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Not while you were clean. Not while you were perfect. Not while you were working on getting clean before coming to the altar and saying, Lord, take my life. Take my soul. Help me, Lord. Forgive me of the sins. But the Bible says that while you were still dirty, while you were still sinful, while you didn't think in the ways of the Lord, and we're going to get to that in a minute, he says Christ still died for you. Amen. I think that deserves a little praise this morning. Amen. In other words, God so loved this sin filled world that He would give His only begotten Son, not because we deserved it or because we're beautiful, all that we are, because we're made in the image of Christ. I'm not bragging on anybody here, bragging on the Lord. You're made in His image, okay? That's where I'm going with that. I see people laughing. There he goes, talking about that again. That's not what I'm saying. But He sent Him in spite of all that undeserving be honest with you seen as ugly <laughs> it don't please the lord in in spite of all that he still sent christ for us first john chapter 4 verse 10 says this we're going to bounce around a little bit hang on with me love consists in this not that we love god but that he loved us and sent his son or only son some bible say to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Now here's how important love is. Just before that in verse 8, John writes this. <laughs> if you don't hear nothing, hear this this morning. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful that God loves me. I'm so thankful that he sent his only son for Brad, for Kathy, for Riley, for Kyle, for Mac. And I, I want to go through the whole church member role here, list. But the thing is, is you know what it says. Believe it in your heart. Now act upon it. Amen? The Bible says that if we're not doing that, we're like a noisy gong. A, a boom. It'd be if I was up here playing the drums. Oh, Lord, help him. That's not his spiritual gift, right? I tell everybody all the time, here's a good joke. They asked me to sing one Easter, uh, uh, Brother Greg. Two trips in one, my friend. First and last at this stage with a mic. You know what? Didn't hurt my feelings, none. <laughs> True statement. The church has grew much more since I quit singing. I mean, that's every bit the truth. I'm telling you the truth. I wouldn't say that for just to be cracking a joke. But... Uh, Boy, I practiced that in the car. Stacy flipped the off button. She said, it sounds much better with that track on. God, you got to love an honest wife. Thank goodness I was from Middle Fork and been talked to fairly rough when I was growing up. Amen. There used to be an old saying that (laughs) that pastors and people who had studied some commentary would say. And I remember saying it Brother Tyler, as he left, and all I said was this, may you be covered in the dust of Jesus. Well, what does that mean? That you're walking so closely with him, that you're right behind him on his, tail, on, his, uh, on his shirt tails, I'm sorry, that the dust off his sandals would cover your face. Amen. Are you walking that close with Jesus? Are you praying like he's right here with you? The song says it. How great is our God? Think about it. Because He's so great, we're no longer a slave to anything. Amen? But to Him. And we know the blessings that He brings upon us. Our second point this morning as we look at verses 4 through 7 is this. True love is... dot dot, dot. Now, I don't know much about grammar. I'll just be honest with you. But I always thought... Dot, dot, dot means a continuation. Let's fill in the sentence. Let's look at verses 4 through 7. Paul writes, Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Is not boastful. Is not arrogant. Is not rude. Is not self-seeking. Is not irritable. And does not keep a record of wrongs. Boy, that's a big one. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Amen. In these short four verses, Paul hits love 15 times in some shape, form, or fashion as the main subject. Amen. The love that Paul's talking about isn't a contemporary definition of love the way you and I would think. Okay? Here's an example. He's not talking about the way we love football, although I really like football. He's not talking about the way we love pizza. He's not talking about the way we might love our jobs or our vehicles or any material thing. He's talking about the Greek word agape. Google this word when you get home, which means love in action, love acts. The great C.S. Lewis said this about agape love. Agape love is unconcerned with the self and concerned with the greater good of another. Agape isn't born just out of emotions or feelings or familiarity or attraction, but from the will as a choice. Hear that? Agape requires faithfulness, commitment, and sacrifice without expecting anything in return. Paul's tailoring what he's writing directly to the Corinthian situation. I want to take a moment, as I was studying this week, and I come across verses 4 through 7. And I wondered what it would look like if we took out the word not. So hold on with me. We're going to go back through these verses. We're going to take out the word not. Because Paul is trying to say, this is how you're behaving. Let's look at these verses here. If I can read this small print. Verse 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does envy, is boastful, is arrogant, is rude, is self-seeking, is irritable, and keeps records of wrong. Hmm. What power a little word like that has. What Paul's saying to the Corinthians is the same thing we're saying today in our church and what God wants us to see us, how he wants to see his people this morning. Let's take it a little, a little further in study. Paul says love is patient. Well, here's what a loving person looks like, willing to tolerate the shortcomings of others because they realize they have faults too. Romans 3, 23. All have what? Fall short of the glory of God. says love is kind. Kind people treat others with love and compassion just as God treats us in that manner. It says, Love does not envy. Loving people are not jealous of the success of others or what they have. Love does not boast. Loving people does not try to drag others down by bragging upon themselves. Love is not rude. Loving does not treat other people indecently in any form. In gossip, They're hold on to that one. Sexually, in our thoughts and in our minds. Let's go on. Love is not self-seeking. Loving people do not attempt to advance their own interests, especially at the expense of others. Love is not easily angered. Loving people don't have a sharp tongue that is ready to lash out at a drop of a hat. Boy, that one hit me. That's how the devil gets me right there through the tongue. James talks about it, the power of the tongue, right? As we get older and as we get more mature in our faith, Learn to tame our tongue. Words cut pretty deep. Love keeps no records of wrong. Loving people don't bring up past failures to control others. Love does not delight in evil. Loving people do not rejoice when they see people doing wrong. Example, the news. We should not be rejoicing in what some of the news shows us. Love rejoices in the truth. Loving people do not try to lie their way out of something when they're faced with the truth. They accept responsibility what they have done because they know in the end that they don't answer to any man, amen, that they answer to Jesus Christ. The Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. How about this? He's the way, the truth, and the life. He says no one comes to the Father except through me. Love protects. Don't just think about your family. Think about being a Christian. Love, trust, it never loses hope, and it perseveres. It'll stand firm when there's nothing left. left. I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful again for what Jesus did for me. Amen? Now, I can hear it now. I was praying about this, and it's actually, I'll be honest with you, it's what I said during a prayer. And I thought, well, if I'm saying it, probably a lot of other people are probably saying it. But I can hear it now. People say, well, Pastor, you don't know what that person's done to me. <laughs> how many? Yeah. No, oh, go ahead and say it. Yeah. Be honest here. You don't answer to me. Pastor, you don't know what he's done to me or she and how they treated me and talked about my kids and all this and that. You're right, I don't. But do you know what your sins did to Jesus? <laughs> Let me run it back for you. Your sins had him beat innocent man, had him spit on, had him mocked, had him whipped, had him humiliated, and if that ain't good enough, it pinned him to a cross, so I don't know about you, get my feelings hurt, I'm going to be alright, because I know that the Lord has forgiven me, so I can forgive others, the Bible says, forgive your enemies, love them. Well, what price do you get if you don't? Isn't that what the others do? Hmm. Point three this morning. Love conquers all. We're going to finish up with verses 8 through 13. Love conquers all. Verse 8. Love never ends. Sometimes, some Bibles say in different translations, love never fails. Amen? I know, because Jesus Christ. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge... It will come to an end. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put aside childish things. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, but then we'll be face to face. More on that in just a second. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully as I am fully known. Verse 13. Now these three remain. Faith, hope, love. (laughs) But the greatest of these is love. Paul's wanting us to remember that there's not a situation that you'll be in. Tough, easy, or a conversation, those hard conversations that you'll have. To where love is the wrong way to act. Now, that doesn't mean tough love isn't sometimes involved, right? Amen, Kathy? Come on. A lot of tough love growing up in my home because I did a lot of wrong things. Amen? Tough love is really important to be there. When you're seeking to help this person change and to uh, follow Jesus and grow in a deeper relationship with Christ, <laughs> uh, if I can, Mom, I don't think Mom would be... Uh, tore up but she may whip me after this so if this is my last Sunday you know uh, a few months back mom took a visit somewhere she called me I said I prayed you in there she said well it's about time for you to pray me out Uh, but I'm so thankful that God gets our attention in any way that he can amen (laughs) he will break you down if he has to All the gifts that we have, everything's going to come to an end. <laughs> it's all going to be over. Paul points to the three areas that caused the Corinthians the most problem. Prophecies. They would pro- one prophecy would be better than the other. This is where Paul's going. One person would speak in tongues, and what they would say and be interpreted would be more important than the other. One person would have knowledge, and because they had knowledge, they become more important than the other. Many, many scholars believe that Paul is steering these verses toward eschatology, which means relating to the death and the judgment that we'll face as human beings. But he's simply saying, when the Lord comes, our knowledge, our prophecies, our tongues, all that we think we have, <laughs> will be nothing. will only be complete when he comes. It's hard to fully understand what the Lord has for us. Amen? If we had it all figured out, you probably wouldn't be sitting here. You probably wouldn't be seeking God like King David, a man or a woman after God's own heart. But when Jesus returns, everything's going to be made complete. Amen. We're going to be made complete. As you hear at funerals, sometimes there's no more sorrow, no more pain. Paul then goes on to discuss how we grow in our immature thoughts and our childish ways and how we get older. I remember Brother brother Paul Sizemore, he said, uh, I said, Brother Paul, I'm still having trouble with this. And he quoted this verse. I don't know whether he did or not. He said, but when I was a child and I was your age, I thought of things this way. He said, but I'm telling you, allow the Lord to work in your heart. He planted that little seed for me to seek after God a little more. Amen? Paul goes on to say that it's like looking in a mirror and we get a reflection. Now, some context. Their mirrors wasn't quite what we have nowadays. No matter how squeaky clean you got it, It was still made of metal. And you could only see a distortion of the view. Paul's saying that's what it's like. We only have a small small distorted view of what God wants to do with our life. That's why we should seek after Him through everything, through thick, through thin, through hard times, through bad times. What we only see is just a reflection. We'll never know what's to come until the Lord comes back. There's times I wish I knew what God had planned for me. Amen. I just wish I knew. (laughs) Boy, I'd walk, skip, jump. But what relationship would we have with Jesus Christ if that was the case? Hmm. How would we walk with him? He said that he walked with Adam and Eve. You know what he's doing with you? He's walking with you. He's talking with you, just like the old song says. He wants to know your hurts, your cries, because love. That's why. Nothing else. Because of love. He goes on to say, faith, hope, and love is what remains. But the greatest of these is love. And as I begin to close, I'm going to kind of get into a little theology here. Going back to a question where you say, now, pastor, I'm pretty sure I've heard all my life that our faith in Jesus and our hope in him is the most important thing that we can possess. I'm going to tell you that's every bit the truth. But there's only one reason you can do that. It's because what God did for you through His love. You only have faith and hope because He loved you. John 3.16 again, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have ever lasting life not only does love affect our relationships with others it affects our relationship with God and I'll be honest with you what you experience from God is how much you love him Charles Stanley says you'll prioritize what you love well let me ask you what's the first thing you do when you get up where's your time spent I filled out a little survey the other day Stacy thank you for her psychology school um Religion was on there. And I can't quite say that it was number one in time spent. I had to rearrange my life. And then a few weeks later, he says, you're going to be pastor. And I went, okay, Lord. I guess I better spend some time with you. Amen? <laughs> We're going to close with this. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. Take this with you, please. Let this resonate on your hearts and in your minds. Let everything you do pour from this verse. Peter, who walked with Jesus, who denied Jesus, who said, Lord, I'll never deny you. To whom shall we go? For you have the words of eternal life. Peter said that. The Lord said, Oh, you're going to deny me. But no matter how many times we deny Jesus, he still loves you. Verse 8 says, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Amen. God's love for you covered your multitude of sins. Don't think you're any better than to be forgiven of others. Let us pray this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, if they take home anything, let them take home the love that you showed us by sending your only begotten Son, Father, You're one and only. That was it. Jesus was the plan for our salvation. From day one, in the beginning, was the Word. The Word was with God. You tell us He's the living Word, Father. The bread that we need. The water that we need to drink to be thirsty no more. Father, I pray if there's anybody here today that's thirsty and seeking God, And doesn't know him as a Lord and Savior. And believe in their hearts that Jesus Christ died on the cross for them. I pray that today is is salvation. Father that they simply come to you and say forgive me God. I don't deserve your love. But I believe in what you did for me on the cross through your son. And through his blood I am forgiven. Father they may be somebody who just needs prayer. Who needs to come to you face to the ground, face at the foot of the cross, Father, and open up their heart. You know what's in there, but you want that relationship, God, where they express how they feel to you, just like a mother and a son or a father and a daughter. Lord, we want to know what's going on with our children. May they express, Father, the hurts and the habits and the hang-ups and if they have something against somebody, Lord, you tell us when you was reviled, you did not revile in return. When you were threatened, you did not return with threats. But you entrusted yourself to the one who judges right, righteously. Father, let it be that we entrust ourselves to Jesus Christ. Nothing else. Nothing else will do. But we only want you, Lord. Watch over us now, God, and lead us. Father, I pray if there's somebody that wants to become members of Rock House Baptist Church and join this family of love. We're not perfect. (laughs) There is no perfect church because you know why? We're in it. But Father, we're forgiven. We're not perfect. We're forgiven. Lord, I thank you so much for your love and your mercy. Lord, may everything said and done here today bring honor and glory to you. In Jesus' most precious name I pray. Thanks again for tuning in today. Remember, the greatest decision you could ever make is to place your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation and to begin a personal relationship with Him. Thanks for listening, and God bless.